Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Ryan's counting up how many wide receivers he watched because he wants to flex on us. But we're back here on the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my co-host, Ryan Roberts. Today, we're doing our second-to-last position ranking show for summer scouting. We almost we almost timed it up. We almost did it. A couple of vacation weeks kind of slowed us down. Uh, it's, it's a little bit my fault. But regardless, we've got quarterbacks next week. That one's going to be fun. I'm sure that that is going to be an explosive debate. I don't think today is going to be as much of a divisive conversation. I think more than especially the DB show, the safety show we did, I think we're going to have pretty good agreement here because you gave me a hint on one guy that I almost didn't watch. And and I'm really, I am so happy I watched him. I don't know how anybody isn't talking about this guy because he is really freaking good. But I want to put this out there. I want to talk about this before we start um, as we kind of do talking overview. I, I think the best position groups receiver, man, I'm going to go as far as to say that all of the guys that I watched in every single one of the, not all the guys that I watched, sorry, all of the guys that I'm talking about today in my top five all have top 50 grades or higher. And I know that I missed a couple guys that might've had first round grades like that. That's how talented this class is. And I I don't, I, I don't have any other groups, any position groups that were anything like this. I think I have, I'm counting it up right now. So I, I watched. 15 guys joe i'm not trying to flex man i'm sorry imagine not grinding by the way just not a grind oh shut up um nine players with a late third round grade or better out of the 15 just to put that into perspective only one pfa grade only one seventh only one six and then the rest were late fours or better which is a pretty hefty number so i think that we have top level talent here i just think there's some really nice depth to this class at least for players that i've watched so far so yeah man Wide receiver, after kind of a down year in the 2023 NFL draft class, I think wide receiver is back to the forefront in 2024. That is what it appears at this time. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. Bet Online has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, Live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at Bet Online. And again, make sure you use that promo code Believe50 B-L-E-A-V 50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, I don't know if it'll compare to some of those historic classes. Uh close, but we've though. got a couple. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it might not be that far off. There are gonna be a lot of guys drafted. Very, very early, as we've kind of indicated here. I'm going to start off with my number five guy, as we always do. Yes. That being Rome Adunze from Washington, six foot three, two fifteen, big receiver, but he's he's not built like he's a hulked up guy. Like he's kind of has like a leaner looking frame than you'd expect for this big player. But I, I think that he's got great linear acceleration. You kind of expect him to be this this jump ball threat. Um, but he's not really that. He's more of a deep vertical guy from what I saw on film. Uh, good acceleration, good long speed. He's got a nice frame to go up and grab the football out of the air. 
I yeah. thought that he was best as a deep route runner. I think his change of direction is good enough to create separation, but you're going to be asking him to, to mostly do a lot of deep routes, which works perfectly in Washington's offense. Um, yeah. But just in general, I think he's just very well-rounded. And we saw the production as a result playing in an offense that knows how to use his skills. I, I don't know if this is a great comp, but I think his physical profile kind of reminded me of Darius Slayton in the way that like Darius Slayton's tall, he's long, he yeah. can attack downfield, but he's he's not really built to be a possession guy and he's not really built to be uh, a jump threat contested catch player, even though he has the frame for it. I think styles are similar to Darius Slayton. I could see that one for sure. Obviously, Adunze is a little bit bigger than Slayton. Slayton was a pretty slight guy coming out of Auburn, but I I, I had Roma Adunze at number three on my list, Joe. So I was a little bit higher. I mean, I, well, I, I don't even know if I'm a little bit higher. I had, a, I had an early second round grade on him. So I don't know if it, even in, in a vacuum, that's a lot higher than what you saw of Roma Dunze. Mm-hmm. We see him though very similarly. I, I think that the change of direction is fine. I don't think it's bad, but it's nothing like, it's not substantial. I don't think he's going to be a great short to intermediate route runner ever, but the kid can run. He can really yeah. run at his size. I mean, there's a, there's, Apparently, there's apparently rumors out there that he's going to run in the four threes and have like a 40 plus inch. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if it's oh quite that God. on film. Like, he's more like a mid four, four type of dude to me, like four, 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 yeah. four, five. Like he can run, though. There's no doubt. And for his size, he could he could scoot. There's no doubt. The one thing that drove me crazy a little bit about him is I feel like he tracks the football incredibly well down the football field. Like he makes a lot of plays on the ball. But he doesn't always extend his hands, right? Like he lets a lot no. of balls get into his frame a little bit too much, and that worries me. I mean, it was similar to like Quentin Johnston last year to a degree. Even, th- but I I do think his ball skills are better than what Quentin Johnston's were consistently. But I really like the Dunze as that vertical stretch type of player. Like he can really take the top off. He can stretch the field. If he attacks the football better in the air, then I think this is a clear first-round player when all is said and done because he's got the height-weight-speed element that the NFL is going to love. I just think it's more consistent ability to pluck the football out of the air. If he does that, he's going to be a real good football player because he's also hard to counteract at the line of scrimmage it's on because yes, he is, yes. he's pretty he's strong, man. Like He's a strong, yeah. explosive athlete. So I like a lot of Adunze. I wish he was a little bit more flexible, and I wish he I wish he attacked the football in the air a little bit better. But otherwise, I really did like him a lot. I got distracted by a text. What spot did you have him at? Number three on my list, Roma Adunze. Oh, Oh so, my God, I can't believe I missed higher, you saying but. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> you almost spoke more negatively on him, even though he's higher on your list. It's called I, analysis, I Joe. It's called analysis, man. Oh, Just okay. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> um, oh, wow. The, your placement of him at three, I'm kind of intrigued by who ends up in different spots for you. Who's your number five, though? Number five for me was Malik Neighbors from LSU. I had a late second-round grade on Malik. I love the athlete, man. I really do. I think neighbors can run. Yeah. I think he's explosive. I just think he attacks the football really well in the air, man. Like he made some acrobatic catches last year for LSU. Yeah. So I I think that there is an all-around profile to him being higher on this list for me when all is said and done. Because I think he has kind of that, despite only being six foot and 180, 190 pounds, whatever the heck he is right now, he attacks the football well. He's explosive. He gets up to top gear very quickly. And I think he's decently flexible as well. The things that drove me crazy, though, about Malik Neighbors, which is why he was a little bit down my list, he's a really lackadaisical player before the before the catch, in my opinion, right? Like his 
his routes are just a little bit nonchalant. I think that his breaks could be a little bit more consistent. I think mm. that he's going to have trouble separating short intermediates if he doesn't just kind of have a little bit more urgency early on in reps. So I want him to be the athlete before the catch that he is working vertically and after the catch because that is an impressive looking athlete. I just think the attention to detail of playing the wide receiver position before the catch as a route runner needs to take a step forward because if it does and he's able to separate that way, then I look at a kid that I think is going to run really well, has the ability to run routes, and can win with the football in the air. He has a chance to be an all-around really good wide receiver. I just think there's attention to detail as a route runner and a little bit more urgency that he needs to play with as a receiver. Yeah, I'm not shocked that we're talking about another LSU guy on this list. And I honestly, I think he's a lot further along than Keishon Butte was last year where like there were inconsistencies for Butte and concerns for Butte, and those all immediately showed up as soon as the season started. But Neighbors, uh, I'm really in on him. He actually was my number four wide receiver. I gave him a late first round grade. I, I love first. the I love the Whoa, player. Oh, you're high. Yeah, late man. late first. I'm I'm really, really high on him. Um good frame for a six foot wide receiver. I think that like he's built pretty well. I also like you talked about there the the athlete that he is, really explosive. I, I was obsessed with watching him in and out of his stance. Like he's just out of out of like a, a, a gun fired out of a a bullet fired out of a gun. He is immediately off to top speed and his feet are so quick that he's able to create that separation. And then you talked about the one thing that uh, I was impressed with. I thought that in what separates him from Xavier Worthy, who have similar-ish profiles and play styles, is that he is really strong in contested situations. Like yeah. He can make acrobatic, difficult catches – and despite not having like great play strength, he's got good enough for a smaller receiver that he can go up, he can grab the football out of the air, he can win in those tight, close quarter spots that I'm not really concerned. I just see so much consistency. Like I love every aspect of his game. He's not like an elite, elite prospect, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it's very likely when this is all said and done by the end of the season that he ends up being a late first round pick. The one thing before you kind of come at me and you do your bit of like, oh, you, you always talking about these LSU anything. guys. I, I know you're going to say it. I didn't say it. I have to say the uh -huh. positive for LSU is Malik Neighbors. The negative, I, his production would have been so much higher if Jane Daniels didn't stink. It, I, it, there would be <laughs> oh, so much more production if he was able to consistently get him the, the ball and push the ball downfield. There was one play against Georgia where I yeah. think he was going against Keeley Ringo and he completely cooks Keeley. Like he's yeah. he's separating, he's separating, he's creating separation. But Jane Daniels doesn't have the power to throw like a 40-yard deep ball that he completely underthrows him, and then Keeley just puts his arms up and knocks the ball out of the air. It it was so infuriating. And to, to that point, like Garrett Nussmeyer, when he played the second half of that SEC championship game, that was one of his best games production-wise. I don't know, man. I think the neighbors is a little hamstrung, and he might be one of those guys that just continues to ascend when he gets to the NFL. Man, your LSU buddies are going to come at you for the Jane Daniels conversation, man. They're going to come at right, you. Right, I have a feeling. Joe. Oh, <laughs> you might need to clip that and put that on Twitter. That would be fantastic, man. You should do uh, that. Last note I have on neighbors, athletically, yeah. not comparing him as a football player, right? I only do play style and athletic comps. That's the only place I go. I think athletically, though, 
there are some comparisons that you can make to what Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. was as a football player. Can win in yeah. the air. Springy. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to push that. I, yeah. I didn't want to be a, a, a jackass and push but, that, but, but I'll let you do it. Oh, you let me be the jackass. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. I, I mean, Joe, honestly, though, like he has a slighter frame. He's not the biggest guy of all time, but he's explosive, gets up to top speed really well, can run, but like he has an uncanny ability for his size to win in the air. And that was what made Odell Beckham Jr. so special was like, even though he didn't have incredible play strength, it was like, you know, obviously everyone remembers the, the stupid catch he made in the end zone, but like he did that all the time winning in the air, which was just kind of uncommon. So I think there are some parallels as far as athletically what neighbors can do to what Odell Beckham was at his best in the NFL. Why is Emeka Abuka your number four receiver? He's not. He's not my number four receiver. Okay, who's your number four? I don't want to spoil anything. Who's your number four? Were you not high on Emeka Abuka? No, I am. So I'm wondering. Oh, I thought that oh. was your way of saying he didn't make the list. So no, 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 no. I really like Emeka Buka. I was talking about Malik Neighbors. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. You're on to number four now. Yeah, yeah. Number four for me is Keon Coleman from Michigan State, second round. Oh, I. Hey, man. I'm in on Keon. I am. I told Joe to watch him. Like I am very in on Keon Coleman. He is six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Former Division one caliber basketball player in high school as well. He could have played a bunch of different schools. He was like 26 points a game as a high school junior. This kid is a springy. This kid is explosive. He can carry vertically. I think he's going to run like four, four, eight at his size at six foot four, yeah. 215 pounds. Like that kid can run. He reminds me as a more explosive version of what Michael Pittman Jr. was coming out of USC. Like that's what I see. Ball skills are incredible, man. Catch point prowess is incredible. Everything translates to him being a vertically oriented pass catcher. Like he's going to be one of those guys that on the NFL level has like a thousand yards, but only takes him 60 catches to get there. Like he just doesn't need a huge volume. Think of like when Michael, when Mike Evans was young and still could run, that's the the type of football player that I think you're potentially getting in a Keon Coleman. That being said, I do think there are some limitations. Like, I think he's a decently loose player for his size, but, like, he's never going to be a short-to-intermediate crazy route runner. Like, he's not going to be that type of guy. This is a vertically-oriented, big receiver, catch-point guy, can run for days. Number four, Keon Coleman, formerly Michigan State, now going to play at Florida State for his junior campaign. Yeah, and his production is just going to go up. And he's... He's the better receiver of the two, and Johnny Wilson's a good football player in his own right. Very unique player at six foot seven. Um, I was actually kind of prepared for our one and two to be the same, and I have to come out here and say that Keon Coleman is my number two wide receiver. Dude, wow. I oh, all right. loved Keon Coleman. I watched He's Keon good, Coleman, man. and I was like, this dude is a monster. I actually yes. kind of got more Drake London from his game when I watched him just – uh, uh, almost like a bully. That was the best way that I can describe. He, he him can stuff. run. He can run a lot better than Drake, though. Wouldn't you say? I mean, yes. Yeah. I think he's a more explosive version of Drake London, and Drake London okay. was good enough to go in the in in the top ten. And I do think I, I'll say this though. I will say this about the comp because I understand where okay. you're going with it. Drake was a lot looser of an athlete, though, in my opinion, than Keon. Keon's okay. a little bit more vertically oriented. Is all I'm saying. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Keon's a bully. He is. Yes. Like Draymond Green in the post, kick your ass up and down the field type of a bully. And I'm shocked by the fact that he's listed at only 215. Like he is a just a jacked wide receiver the way that he's built to play this position. Um, That massive frame sets him up to be physically dominant in tight situations. We talked about the ball skills. 
the ball's up in the air. You just put it somewhere near him. The guy's going to make the catch. He is he's that alley oop type of guy. Yeah. yeah I, I'm obsessed with that. And then you talked about the fact that he's probably going to run in the four four eight range. I think that it's tough when you get these bigger guys and ask them to change direction. So like my expectation wasn't like, oh, he's going to be super fluid in and out of sure. his cuts. And he's going to be crazy. But he's good enough where it's not a detriment. It doesn't hold him back. I just – I'm not normally in on these possession guys. But mm-hmm. I think athletically, he is up there to put in that discussion for why I am placing him at number two. I am, I am way, I'm surprised I'm way further in on Keon Coleman than you are. I am so, so bought in. I think that he's going to be a monster uh, this season for Florida State. Hey, man, one of my most present surprises. I remember, so for RPM, Ben had recommended him like a few months ago. And I wanted mm-hmm. to go back and watch. Because I had never really like I'd seen the highlights, but I hadn't watched and watched them. And yeah, man, I mean, I am at number four right now. I could see him getting up to at least number three by the end of the season. Like he's that type of dude because he again, I mean, you don't find guys that are six four, two fifteen, four potential division one basketball players who are gonna run in the four fours. Like you just don't see yeah. those types of guys. So yeah, I think that he is a as a vertically oriented big outside receiver. Keon Coleman has special traits and I, he could develop into being a dominant force and it's dude. He's the small receiver for Florida state though, Joe, he's the small receiver, right? They're like the other side of the field. You almost got a six foot seven, 240 pound guy. It's like, it's wild, man. But I think Coleman's going to have phenomenal numbers for Florida state this year. So you already gave your three. three. I just gave my two. So I think I know who your number two is. Your number two sure. is Emeka Abuka, who is my number three. Um, Emeka Abuka, elite athlete, explosive athlete. But yeah. most importantly, the change of direction is elite. Like he just yeah. he cuts on a dime. He changes direction um, on a dime. Like it's it's ridiculous to watch his route running and his ability to create separation with his feet. I also think that what is really um, nice about him, pretty good body control. He's able to make some nice catches. I think that his hands are pretty consistent. I just think that the only thing that stood out for me while, while I wasn't like really down and like worried about him, but my only like slight issue is just, there's not a lot of play strength. So I'm not going to ask him to break any tackles. I'm not going to ask him to uh, make any tight contested catches. He is somebody you want in the slot that is going to be a technician as a route runner. He's going to get open. He can get open downfield because he's got that long speed. He checks every box in that regard. But if there's going to be any contact, I just don't see him winning. I still gave him a first round grade. Like I, I love Emeka Abuka. I just liked Keon Coleman slightly more. That's fair. Emeka is a, a dude, man. He's an absolute dude. I mean, he is at six foot one, two hundred and five pounds. He's what the modern slot looks like now because he's a little bit of a bigger body, but also has all the change of direction stuff that you want. I mean, I expected, honestly, Joe, when I first went into that watch, I was expecting Emeka Buka to be all athlete and maybe not as refined as a route runner. And then I watched him. I'm like, nope, my guy can my guy can snap it off. Like he's got some really good route running ability. He's incredibly explosive in and out of his guts. And he's really fast, man. Like he's a four-four something athlete. I'm sure of it, right? And his short area quickness matches that that ability. He's an after catch guy. He can make guys miss in open space, which is fantastic. This is a very easy, easy eval to being a slot receiver at the next level. Like easy. Yeah. My questions about him, which is why he's number two for me, is well, 
that's not the only well, reason. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if there wasn't a man named Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, I think yeah, he'd be number well, one. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that he would be – so I had a mid-first-round grade on him, and then we'll get into Marvin Harrison, obviously, at number one here in a second, right? My yeah. point is is that I don't think that there would be as much of separation between Harrison and Ibuka if I knew for certain that Ibuka could play outside a, a lot of the snaps, right? Like he's an easy slot – but you don't see him play outside a ton for one. And I don't see any really contested catch opportunities on film much. Right. So I don't know how that translates to him yeah. playing outside the numbers a ton, playing through contact outside. Like, I just don't know what it looks like. Right. I just don't know. But as a slot, I mean, this kid's a pro bowler waiting to happen. I mean, he is, he can also return kicks. I mean, this kid's a sm- your modern space player, your prototype slot receiver at the next level. Six, one, 205 can work in space can break off routes can be an in- short intermediate and deep separator it's a multi-level threat man i'm a big fan of Ibaka. okay so why is xavier worthy your number one wide receiver in this class i mean marvin harrison was wide receiver seven for me because yeah oh my god could you imagine if, if, if someone actually said that i would just turn off the podcast i would never listen again so. see you give me shit all the time for being clickbait but like yeah. i think one of these days we should just do one show where like like the quarterback show like let's let's both put caleb williams at like nine and just see what but by the way by the way by the way by the way what is it with the amount of I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but what is it with the yeah. amount of people that are putting Caleb Williams at like three? So I'm putting it three. Like, I've seen I've seen quarterback two a bunch for him with Drake number one. But that like, I can understand, but like I have yeah. seen some people. There's no in between. It's like people are like perfect un uh, like prospect that has no issues, or he's um you know he's not as good as everyone thinks he is. He's a late first rounder. Oh God! But well, I, I don't know. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. Go ahead. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr., who's a Philadelphia guy originally, St. Joe's Prep in in Philly, which is why a lot of Ohio State fans I think want Kyle McCord to be the quarterback because he was actually his high school quarterback as well. Like a cool little note there. I don't think uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. needs Kyle McCord. <laughs> I don't think no. Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't need any. I, Who's the, who's the kid that transferred there to be just kind of depth piece? It was an Oregon State kid. Um, shoots, what was that kid's name? Chance Nolan. Oh, is it Chance Nolan? Chance Nolan. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was Chance Nolan the one that transferred over there? No, it wasn't. Who who's the kid that transferred check. over there? Man, ah, gosh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Let me look. Let me look. Let me go. Look, yes, continue. yes. Please go look. But they brought in that kid, and he's like a, a third stringer that's just going to kind of be there, right, to hold a clipboard. But that kid could make Marvin Harrison look good because Marvin Harrison can make anyone look good. I mean, that's just kind of where you are. This kid, Joe, this is one of those kids that I just don't think there's a hole in his game, right? Like, he can run. I think he's going to be a high 4-4 type of kid, 4-4-7, 4-4-8, somewhere in that ballpark, right? He can separate you just with long speed. He can separate with length because he's long as heck. Like, his catch radius is stupid. But I think the great thing about him is one, he has great hands, can win above the rim, can catch the football outside of his frame. But I think we over I think we overdo the whole his father was an NFL player too often sometimes, right? But yeah. the fact that his father was an NFL player, I think has been a big help to him, man, because he understands how to run routes as good as anyone, how to attack leverage as good as anyone. This kid at six foot three and a half, six four, two hundred and eight pounds listed. 
he can separate just by being an incredible route runner, man. He can break it off and he can create easy separation. This is a multi-level threat. This is a kid that can win vertically. This is a kid that can win to the middle of the field. This is a kid that can win outside the numbers. He could be a big slot if he wanted to. I don't know why you would necessarily put him there, but the point is, is that this is a scheme and alignment diverse football player who can win at every level. There's not really a hole. I guess the only hole would be, is he a great after catch player? No. I mean, like he does most of his work before and at the catch point, right? Which is fine. But like, if you're asking him to be a, you know, a, a, a West Coast after catch type of receiver, is that going to be his best spot? No, it's not going to be his best spot. But there's just no hole in this kid, right? Like catch points, route runner, good enough athlete to win on all levels of the field, really high attention to detail, plucks the football consistently, has very strong hands. There's not any hole in Marvin Harrison, man. Like he's just a really, really good prospect. Should go in the top five to ten picks. Like he's just he's a really good football player. That's just kind of all you can say about him. He's Tristan almost boring Gebbia's. to watch it sometimes. He's almost boring to watch it. Sometime. Yes, that's a really good way to put it. Tristan Gebby is the guy. And it, 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 yeah, you, yeah, yeah. the expectation for Marvin Harrison Jr. is has almost been established that he's just going to win every single play. And you you almost catch yourself being like, well, like why didn't he get, get the ball on that play or, or whatnot? Right. Um, besides that point, though, you, you hit the nail on the head. He was on the freaks list for a reason. His testing is going to be a clinic at the combine. The Kia is going to put up stupid, stupid numbers, probably on the bench, vertical, uh, 40, all that stuff. And then you talked about, I see a kid that's busting his ass with the technical refinement in his route running. Like there is little to no issues with his feet, his timing, all of it. Like he just knows how to consistently. It's efficient. It's all efficient stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for his size to be able to do the things that he does and to accelerate off the line of scrimmage and then to make those catches without like any chance of dropping it, it's silly. He is going to be a top five pick. Like we don't need to to even debate that. Uh, I think he right now he's my number two player in the entire class. I put him right behind Brock Bowers. Here's the only thing. The only thing, and I need to, before anyone gets all worked up in the comments, because we always do this when we talk about it, this is not a massive issue that I'm saying, like, oh, he's not a top 10 pick. The only thing that I think is not talked about a lot is that his change of direction is, it's good, but it's probably his biggest weakness. Because if you watch him, it takes him a a bunch of steps to change direction. He makes up for it by the fact that he is a really good route runner, and he knows how to not let that be an issue sure but because he's tall and he's so long he's not like a plant and go he's not a mecca abuka abuka he's just not that's the only thing for me it's just that right it's just that's the only thing for me and i think everyone talks about him as this perfect prospect i don't think we're there like we're we're never going to get a perfect prospect that's never going to happen we need to stop trying to do it so the one small negative i think for him is that change of direction I mean, it's fair. Uh, again, I, I think that he's not a great after catch player. Like that would be my negative in his game, but he's just, just not many holes, man. I mean, I, Joe, I would say it like this too. We talked about, you know, his father being a NFL hall of famer, right? Like that matters, but also all the reports you hear from Ohio state and some of this stuff is overblown at times, but it sounds like he's the best worker on that football team. And I think that he plays like he, like that is the case. Like he is yes. a worker. Yeah. He's a worker B. 
Can, do we have time for some quick shout outs for some other players that we watched or no? Do we have time? Uh, yeah, you got a minute. You can give me, give me a couple. Okay. Uh, just missed the list. I had Jalen McMillan from Washington, who I think is an incredibly efficient route runner and can change direction really well at great hands, really good football player in the slot at the next level. Xavier Worthy was a guy that's incredibly volatile, but I still gave him a third round grade because that guy can go, man. He is an incredible athlete. Ball skills are bad. Still needs to improve play strength, but we shall see. And one of the biggest sleepers in this class, Joe, J. Michael Sturdivant who was at Cal and is now transferred to UCLA. You dick. I, 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 you were teasing me and you're like, Oh, I found this guy that I like. And you gave me all these details. And then I I looked it up and I, I know, but I found him. And then I Uh, sent you and you're like, that's not the guy that I'm talking about. So it clearly was the guy that you're talking about. That was the guy I was talking about. Yeah. Joe. 6'3", 205, transferred from UCLA. Had over 60 receptions, over 700 yards last year. My guy ran a 10 100 meter coming out of high school and had a sub-21 second 200 meter. My guy can run. Game, the mm-hmm. rest of his game needs to you know, kind of follow suit a little bit more consistently, but that kid is yeah. a vertical threat waiting to happen, man. J. Michael Sturdivant, watch him in the Chip Kelly offense this year. Oh, and Dorian Singer's overrated, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, I didn't even actually waste time watching him, and I'm glad that I didn't I didn't watch him. Uh, yeah. One guy that I want to give a quick shout-out to, a yes. little bit of a deep poll, and I've brought his name up a million times. Uh, I brought him to the table, and I think I was denied by bringing him to the table with R- RPM. Okay. Uh, Dre McCray oh. from Texas uh-huh. Tech, who's the Austin P transfer. I- I'm not saying that this is going to eventually be a first-round guy, but – I see some upside as a productive slot player in the NFL and a really good uh, kick returner. Like I, I just thought that he was a strong route runner. He was very shifty. My biggest calling for him is the fact that he was really productive against Alabama and it wasn't in garbage time. I think that anyone who wants to go watch some good tape, go watch Dre McCray, Austin P versus Alabama. Texas Tech has a lot of potential this year. And I think that he could be a piece to their offense taking another step forward. So, so we're we're doing FCS shoutouts. Uh, um, All right, you get one, and then we got to call it. We got to call it. Oh I, man, I, I, I like the Yankee twins, man, but I like Jackson a whole lot more than I like Jaden. So Jackson Yankee is a late day three football player, man. You could tell number ten white slot receiver. He thinks he's Cooper Cup, and I absolutely love it. And he's not Cooper Cup. Um, he's not, but he's a good the, player, man. He's a good player, though. Both of the Mercer receivers are overrated. At Joe DeLeon, oh, at like Rise and Draft. I like Harper. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. We'll be back with more. <laughs> we'll be back next week with our quarterback rankings. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.